Please turn your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll go there very briefly. Then we're going to Matthew chapter 28. In this session and the sessions to follow, I want to talk about some effective ways of how to share the good news and talk a little bit more about why we should be doing it as well. Uh, if some things seem a little bit repetitious, hello, um, it's because I planned it that way, <laughs> right? Because that's how we learn. You know, we don't hear it once and then we know it. Even the Apostle Peter knew this, and he said in 2 Peter 1.12, he said, this is from the New Living Translation, I really like it. He says, I plan to keep on reminding you of these things. And he says, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth. You know, we, we must always remind ourselves. Even, you know, even David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. It's my job to remind you. And um, now, just to give you a quick kind of roadmap of where we're going to be going over the next two or three weeks, or maybe more. Uh, first, we'll be looking at the fact that we are to be witnesses, not attorneys. We will look at that today, all right? And see why it's important to know the difference. Next, we will go on to look at the fact that uh, Jesus said that he would teach us how to fish for souls. Okay? And what that actually means. Following that, I'm going to give you five confidence boosters. Yeah, because we need them. All right, to help you find the courage to share your hope. And then six practical steps to actually help you witness. Is it sounding good to you? All right. To finish the series off, we'll go and look at the difference between what we know and what we can share. Because that's one of the biggest problems that we have. It was the biggest problem that I had. You know, we know so much, but what do we share? We really need to know the difference so that we keep things simple and we don't complicate things. All right? So let's go to Matthew chapter 28. I want to, this is me reminding you, first of all, of something. Matthew chapter 28, I want to look at verses 18 and 19. Now, we know this as the Great Commission. This is where Jesus says, and I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. He says, I have been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, he says, go and make disciples of all the nations. I'm going to stop there for the minute, okay? So notice again that he says, first of all, I've given you complete authority. There are two things. Now, these are the, some of the very last words that Jesus spoke. And so it's really important to, to, to listen to what he said before. You know, that's something that so many people, you know, they always, you know, want to know what were the last words that he said. Because usually you say some, the most important things at the end, generally speaking. Okay, <laughs> all right, okay. And so I want you to, we need to acknowledge two very important things here before we can go on and talk about other things. And that is, firstly, Jesus says, I have been given complete authority or all authority in some translations in heaven and on earth. So you need to know that he's got all authority. But not only that now, secondly, as a result of this, he says, therefore, he says, go, you go and make disciples of all the nations. He does that. He's authorizing us. He's saying, because I've got all authority as my agents, I'm authorizing you now to go in my name. Are you all with me? And, uh, and, you know, not only are we agents of God, we are also the children of God. 
Hallelujah. First John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, okay? And uh, he says, not only are we authorized to share the good news, but make disciples of all nations. Now remember again, he wants disciples, not converts. That's what's so significant about Acts chapter 2. Let's take a quick look at that as well. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly, I'm in the New King James. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers. So I want you to notice, see, that's what's important. It wasn't that they all got converted and that was it. They all went home. It says that they continued steadfastly. Do you know I actually heard that within a period of around 20 years, the church of Jer- at Jerusalem actually grew to 100,000. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's huge. People have issues with megachurches today. They had one back then. You know, <laughs> okay. The, the, the secret of it was all the home fellowships. It says publicly and Acts 20.20, publicly and from house to house. That was the key. Because I can minister to all of you publicly in this way all at once. And, you know, uh, as opposed to spending the same amount of time with each one of you and take the whole week. This works. Okay, this helps. But there is also a place for a home fellowship where people can love you and pray for you and support you, be there for you. And, and you get to exercise your gifts. You know, the gifts of the Spirit should be working there first. Because if you mess up, there's only like five people. Nobody else saw. (laughs) (laughs) The bigger it gets, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, forget about it. And that's why nobody wants to move in the gifts. Because, you know, I'll just be honest, you're like a little bit afraid. You don't want to go out there and say the wrong thing. And, amen. And you need practice. Whatever you do. You know, uh, we have Andrew here today. He's not here every Sunday. Because he's all flying somewhere. He's a pilot. Now, you know, when he gets in his aircraft, he doesn't get on the microphone and say, well, this is your Captain Andrew. Uh, now, <laughs> you know, I... I'm going to do the best I can to get you to your destination. You know, I I googled how to fly a plane. And, uh, you know, let's see how we go. Everybody will get off the plane. Even the Bible says, how can you, you know, have your own thing if you haven't first worked for... You know, that's that's talking about training. If you haven't looked after somebody else's first and been taught the ropes. Amen? All right. Okay, what this all means is that we are not only to bring people into the family of God, but help them grow and mature into disciples of Jesus Christ and become witnesses of His love, grace, and power, and of course, in time, ambassadors of God Himself. That's the journey, okay? And the first step for those called to make disciples is to know the difference between witnesses and attorneys. So let's begin our little journey now. Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, that's where Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Please don't miss that. 
He didn't say you shall receive the ability to, ability to make great arguments when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and crush everybody else. It's okay, no, no, he said you'll receive power. And, and then you shall be witnesses to me. One translation says, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Notice he says, first the power, then the witnessing. If you don't have power, don't go witness. There are so many people out there witnessing without power. Do you know what they're doing? Trying to win arguments. We are not here to win arguments. We are here to win souls. There's a difference. One takes work. Hmm? We'll talk about some of this stuff. Anyway. So notice again here that Jesus calls you to be witnesses for him, not attorneys. Now the difference being is that attorney's job, listen, is to present evidence, make a case, and call for a decision. That's an attorney. I mean, they've got to do all this work and, you know, they've got to cross-examine and they've got to put the other side down and, you know, all that sort of stuff. That's too much. Jesus didn't say you'll be my attorneys. What's a witness? <laughs> a witness is someone, now I pray that this just frees you now. I told you my job here is to free you to do what God has called you to do. Not to put you in bondage, but to free you. So here comes the first thing. A witness is someone who simply tells people what they've seen. You know, when somebody calls a witness to the stand, all they want you to do is tell your story. What did you see? What did you witness? That's all we want to know. Now, how we interpret that is a whole other thing. But your job isn't any of that stuff. You just say, I saw the dog, and he went from point A to point B. He goes, thank you, sir. You may sit down now. That's it. I don't have to convince anybody. See, this is the power of a testimony. What you saw, you saw. Whether they want to believe what you saw or not, that's up to them. It doesn't change what you saw. Are you all with me? See, see, this is the problem we have. We've been told in witnessing the people, we've got to try and convince them. And we've got to try and make them make a decision. And what's there stopping you from making a decision? I mean, I've watched videos, a lot of them. And every time I watch these things, it leaves me with a knot in my stomach. And I used to think, that's me. I'm just a wuss. You know? I just don't, know. don't want to say nothing to nobody. <laughs> you know? And I didn't realize it was the, it was the Lord speaking to me. See, because we've approached witnessing from the point of we have to make people make decisions because they might get run over by a bus tomorrow and this might be the only chance that we have. Now, if that's going to happen, the Lord will let you know. Okay? <laughs> he will tell you, you better get this done now. If you're not getting that, don't push it. This is meant to be relational. Are you all with me? 
We'll talk about that as, more as we go. L- let me give you an example, okay? Let's go to John chapter 1. <laughs> this is one of the best examples of a witness. There's a lot in the Bible, okay? I could just go through story after story after story, but let me just give you this one, huh? Because <clears throat> I like to give you scripture for everything that we do. John chapter 1, I want to read from verses 6 through 8 to begin with. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness. To what? Bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Notice it didn't say they will believe. It's still your choice. They might believe. Okay? And he says he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And, and, you know, jump down to verse 32. I just want to show you one of the things that he witnessed. Verse 32, it says again, And John bore witness, saying, I saw. Did you see that? Doesn't matter what you believe, this is what I saw. I saw this. He says, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained upon him. That is Jesus. Verse 33, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, this is God speaking to him, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. See, John's baptizing with water. He says somebody else is coming and he will baptize you with something far more superior than water. He'll baptize you with power. That's the Holy Spirit, okay? <laughs> All right? And, and he says, and says in verse 34, And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. See, that was his testimony. That was, he witnessed that. That's, that's all he had to do. He said, I saw this. I don't care what you say. I saw this. This is what happened. The bird went from A to B, <laughs> okay? I mean, he landed just, you know what I'm saying? Okay, and God, God said, when you see this happening, this is what it means. You, that's all you need to do. You need to just witness. You need to say that, and you're done. You may now step down. Don't add. Did you hear what I just said? Be careful that you don't add things that you're trying to help God. That's a big problem we have. We try to help God. We're trying to help God. Let me say that again, okay? Just get a hold of this. We are trying to help you, God. Because you are, you know, you need help, don't you? It's the exact opposite. Do what you, see, one of the things, when you're, when you're in a courtroom, you better just stick to what you said. You better not start with, no, I don't think. <laughs> Thank you very much, you may sit. We don't care about what you think. We just want to know what you saw. Oh, if you get this, it will bless you so much. Get a revelation. When Jesus said, you will be my witnesses, that's all he asked you to be. More in a minute. All right. That's how simple witnessing is. You just tell them what you've seen and experienced in your life and leave the rest up to God. Always remember, it is not your job to convince them of anything. Can I say that again? It is not your job to convince them of anything. That job belongs to God alone. God bringeth the increase. Okay? 
You just tell them what he leads you to tell them. Did you hear the word leads? Okay, what he leads you to tell them. That's all you tell them. And then leave the rest up to him. The Spirit of God will then begin to work on them and convince them of the truthfulness of what you've said. And use your testimony. This is the reason why you need to say something. If nothing is said, nothing can be used. Do you know you supply, can I put it this way? You supply the weapons that God uses to take the enemy down. So, do you want to give God something to work with or not? Simple, isn't it? Don't have to convince him. Don't have to use the weapon yourself. Just give him to him. Oh, let, let me just, this is good stuff. I got to read this. You know, I, <laughs> I've said here, the Spirit of God will then begin to work on them and convince them of the truthfulness of what you've said. Use your testimony to change them and bring them to a decision. And he'll do it from the inside out. See, that's the thing. He works from the inside out. You can't get to them on the inside. He can. Amen? They can put up all kinds of defenses. I really always remember, you know, when I stuck my fingers in my ears and I said, God, that's enough. He got louder. All I did was stop all the noise outside. Because <laughs> that's where he is, on the inside. And I think we've all experienced that. Amen? Hallelujah. Another thing is that testimony doesn't need to be long either. Remember the woman at the well? See, this is something else we need to know. It doesn't have to be like, you know, five or 20 minutes long. In fact, somebody said, you need to have an elevator speech. So good to see you here, Dad. You need to have an elevator speech ready. Do you know what elevator speech is? One that you start at the top, and by the time you get to the bottom, you're done. <laughs> you know, I think we, <laughs> we're trying to... You know, ride the elevator, ride the taxi, be there for a week with them before we're done. No, 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 that's not happening. Elevator speed, that's about it, okay? Now, <laughs> the woman at the well, let's, you know, her testimony was very simple. She just said to the townspeople, this is in John chapter 4, New King James again, verses 28 and 29. Well, listen to her testimony. Come. See a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? That was it. How long did that take? Did the elevator at the bottom yet? No, it's still going. That's all she had to say. And it says, then they went out to the city of the city and came to him. What was the result of this mini testimony? Go to verse 42. Then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not because of what you said. See, some people, and I'll tell you in a minute. For we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is the Christ, or is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now, what's interesting is, if you back up to verse 39, the Apostle John makes sure that he says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. See, some people, will, they may not recognize your part in their salvation. It's okay. God knows. Amen. <laughs> Amen? And he keeps good records. So don't ever feel like, well, oh, bless God, I did all this work. Not a word about me and what I said to them. And just, hey, man, listen, you're going to get rewarded forever in heaven. Okay? I mean, that's a fantastic reward and legacy to have. 
You just do what you need to do as unto the Lord and leave the rest. Whether they thank you or not, doesn't matter. Hallelujah. Amen. Always remember who you're doing it for. And if you're doing it for anything other than the Lord, stop. Just don't. Okay. So, <laughs> the job of a witness, again, is to simply report what they have seen or experienced. Nothing more, nothing less. Of course, a witness, uh, as a witness, it is important that you know to tell your stories in the best way possible. Now, here's, here's your, this is what takes a little bit of work, okay? This is your job. You need to put some time into this. You need to put prayer into this. You, see, it isn't when you meet them face to face, you try to come up with all this stuff. Do you know, even in, in a courtroom, in a, in a court case, they will talk to the witness and they will make sure that the witness is very clear in what they need to say, that they don't miss anything. Because they get up there, they get, you know, they get their moment to say what they need to say. And if they miss anything, they, can, they can't go back and go, oh, wait, 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 I, I got one more thing to say. You're done, you're excused, thank you very much. So what you want to do is make the most of the time that you are given. Now, if they go to this much trouble to prepare a witness, hello, to testify when it comes to a court case, how much time do you think we should take to prepare when it comes to winning a soul? Somebody's eternal destiny. What do you reckon? Hmm? Worth a little bit of time? I pray that it is. Okay. <laughs> we've all heard the... Let me just give you a little, little example, okay? So we've all heard testimonies that went something like this. I, 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 I sort of took something that I won't attribute to any one person because I'm hoping you'll find yourself in one of these things, all right, or in this. You, you might have a testimony, something like, oh, well, when I was broke, God blessed me in miraculous ways. First, he had people come to me and hand me food, clothes, and money as I needed it. I don't know how many times I've heard this. And soon after, he blessed me with a great job. See, he doesn't want you to live that way. It's lazy if you do. Okay, <laughs> you need to move forward. All right? And just when I thought things couldn't get better, the next thing I know, I'm being promoted. Hallelujah. Amen. And now I'm earning all kinds of money, and I'm a supervisor in the company. And highly favored. That's how God helped me. And it all began, began when I simply opened the door to him and received his love gift, Jesus Christ, as Lord of my life. Simple. That's it. End of story. You don't have to do anything more than that. That's what's happened. This is what opened the door. Here I am. You know what the power of the testimony is? They can't refute what you've said, because it's your story. Did you, did you understand what I just said? When it's your story, nobody can take that away from you. They may say all kinds of things about it, but then they're responsible for the gift that God has given them through you in sharing your story. Did you get what I just said? You are God's gift to them. They are asking, they're saying, if there's a God out there, let me know. 
I need help. And you come and share your testimony. And they go, whoa. Now see, if they say, oh, well, you know, that's just luck and everything. Hey, I told you, it's not up to you to convince them. You've told your story. Move on. If they want to know more, they'll, want, they'll come and talk to you. Because if you chase after them, you'll become an irritation. And it'll take away from everything God is doing. Did you, did you hear what I said? We, we really need to get this. We're fighting too much. Rest. Rest. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I've said here again, for you, it may not be a financial testimony, but perhaps a relational testimony where God helped bring your family back together in amazing ways. I mean, some amazing things took place. All right. Or you could have a peace-related testimony. You're always stressed out. And you find God and, ah, okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, you receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. And your whole life changes. And everybody goes, yeah, that's a changed person. They always be stressed out and yelling and carrying on. No, they're like, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're just happy. Because you have the Prince of Peace living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Anyway. All right, now added to being a witness. Is that, is that before I move on, is that clear? Did you, did you get all that? Did that help you a little bit? All right. So all you guys have to do is just figure out what God has done in your life. Remember. Remember how he's blessed you. Amen. Don't take it for granted. Make a little notebook even if you want to write some of those things down. Just so that you can share quickly with people. It's funny how sometimes you meet somebody and it just all flies out your head. And you just think, I had 50 stories. I can't remember one. Just one, <laughs> you know? Sometimes that's the Lord just saying, don't say anything. Hmm? Okay, all right. So added to being a witness, we're also called to be ambassadors for Christ. Now this is where the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. I want to give you all of this so it just helps you along the way. <clears throat> he says, now... Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God, no, watch this, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, let me define an ambassador for you, okay? It is someone who is a representative of a higher power. Did you get all that? Okay. And according to this verse, you are an ambassador, whether you like it or not. Now, you could be a bad ambassador. Or a good one. <laughs> okay, I think we, we know some bad ambassadors. They're like, don't open your mouth. Don't open your mouth. You're a bad ambassador. man. But then there's the others, you know, that, I mean, their life. One of the things we're going to talk to you about, and one of the first things you're going to learn, is that you live this life. You don't pretend you live this life. All right? And people, because of the way you live, then you invite questions and you invite curiosity. And people want to ask you, what, what makes you the way you are? That's when you have to have an answer. And it needs to be something clear. Not fumble, 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 fumble. I don't know what I said. Now the guy goes, I don't know what you said either. <laughs> okay? All right? We just need to be, you know, like I said, we need to know that all we have to do is keep it simple. You are the best authority when it comes to your stories. Did you hear what I said? You are the, nobody else can tell him better than you. Okay? You got all the facts. Just work on getting them all out properly. <laughs> okay. All right. 
You know, as an, as an ambassador, do you know that that's, that's what it means by being a Christian, a little Christ? All right? <clears throat> as, and as a representative of that higher power, our job is to help people to be, notice, reconciled to God. That's where you, that's, that's your job as an ambassador. Okay, you are there representing God. You can say on behalf of God, I can tell you that he loves you. That he gave up everything for you. Do you want to receive his gift? That's where an ambassador comes from. So as a witness, you tell your story. As ambassador, you reconcile them to God. Are you getting this? See how it works? Isn't that good? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, from these verses, we can conclude that your job in God's family is to invite others to join it. All right? And in order to do this, oh, you're kidding. Really? I've run out of time. In order to do this, there are firstly five things you need to know that will give you confidence. I call them five confidence boosters. Okay? You need it. Okay, you need it. All right? <laughs> and secondly, six things that you can actually do from uh, God's Word in the weeks following to be effective ambassadors for Jesus Christ, which will help you share your hope with others. So we're going to be looking at that. I was hoping to get into that today, but, you know, can you give me five more minutes? Thank you. All right, because <laughs> I, just, I just want to take you to one more, before we get to our five, we'll, we'll start the five confidence boosters next week, okay? But I want to give you one more thing that I think will truly bless you. Go to Matthew chapter 4 very quickly. I'm just thinking, somebody's thinking, ah, I'm bad at this. I've already crashed and burned many, many, many times, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I just, I don't want to leave you like that. I want to just share this very quickly with you. Take comfort. We don't read sometimes. We miss things that are very important. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I like the New Living Translation. It says, Come be my disciples and I will show you how to fish for people. Notice something here, please. Firstly, it's your decision to follow. Okay, Jesus says, Follow me. It's up to you to follow. All right. Once you make the decision to follow, then he promises that he will show you how to fish for people. You, need, you don't need to figure it out. Like I said, just have your testimony ready. That's your part, okay? And he'll help you figure that out too, okay? But after that, he'll show you how. You know, so much of the time we're thinking, how do I do this? How do I do this? Stop it. Stop, stop, stop. Go to the Lord and say, Lord... You show me where to go, who to speak to, and what to say. Isn't that simple? That's your prayer. If you don't get any of those instructions, don't go find somebody and just do it on them. <laughs> okay? We're not here to throw up on people. We are here to minister to people as the Lord leads. Amen? Amen? He won't lead you to somebody that's going to reject you either. Now, there might be some that might be a little bit uh, on the outside, but on the inside, God knows they're ready. And you'll find something wonderful happen. But generally, that won't be the case. 
There'll be people that kind of connect with you and, you know, they're happy to listen to you. Because remember how we're all praying for laborers to cross people's path that they will listen to. And if you're one of those, (laughs) okay, because you're the answer to somebody else's prayer, then you need to know you're going to connect. It's going to happen. Are you all with me? So please take comfort. Take comfort in the words of Jesus. Come, be my disciples. I will show you how. I will show you how. Amen? That, that blessed me. I don't know. Okay, I'm, just, I'm very blessed. Okay. <laughs> One more thing. Whenever we think about fishing... This is not one of those driving a racing car activities. Whenever I think about fishing, it's time and patience. I mean, you sit there and you wait and you wait and you wait for a fish to take the bait. And you wait and and you get a big novel. (laughs) Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, please, we need to get this. When you're fishing, they need to come to you. You're not chasing after them. You're fishing. You dangle the bait, so to speak. Now, I know they used nets back then, okay. But I'm just talking, I just want to use a picture that you all can relate to. All right. When you're fishing, the fish need to come to you. Hello. You know, Jesus can make those fish come to you. Remember Pete? Remember, he said, we fish all night. We didn't catch anything. Now they fish at night because the fish can't see the net, so you can catch them. Daytime is not when you fish. They can see it coming a mile away. And so when, that's why when Jesus said to Peter, throw out your net, he goes, yeah, but it's day. You know, he's thinking, and he said, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. Stick to your trade. <laughs> you all have no idea what it takes to fish. That's why he said, well, at your word, I'll throw down one net. And what happened? (laughs) Jesus says, hit the net. Oh, my goodness. And he motioned for his partners to come and help him. Hello. At the wrong time of the day, they caught a boatload sinking. You know, I mean, the boat was sinking. That much, that many fish. I think it was really interesting. Uh, this little side thing, just an addition, has nothing to do with this. But, uh, well, maybe it does. You know, I think it would be interesting that everybody else that day went to Matthew and said, we have nothing to declare. We didn't catch nothing. So no taxes today, Matthew. And then here comes Pete and his partners. Uh, uh. Matthew's going, what is this? Oh, we have a lot of taxes today. We caught a lot of fish. You caught, nobody else caught fish. What? You know, your testimony. Oh, there's this guy, man, carpenter dude, came and said, throw your net. We did it. Here's the result. You don't think Matthew found out a few things? No, tax collectors know everything. The IRS in the Americas, you know. (laughs) Whatever. They know everything. (laughs) I I almost think that's why Matthew, when Jesus came and said, follow me, because, yeah, I've heard about you. Let's leave this. I like your gig better. There's miracles there. Hallelujah. Anyway. <laughs> all right. We'll stop there for today. <laughs> Let's have every head bowed, every head closed. Hallelujah. Just here, let Jesus show you how to do supernatural things in a very natural way. 
Father, we just thank you today for your word, and we just thank you, Father, for the journey that we're embarking on, and I thank you, Father, for the hearts of the people here. I thank you that they are excited and interested, and I thank you, Lord, that all the stresses in the past that have been associated with witnessing, evangelizing, and all those things, all of it just disappears out of our life as you teach us and you show us where to look, who to look to. Hallelujah. And I just thank you, Father, that we realize in all of this that it's not about our strength or our intelligence or anything else. It's simply about being led by the Spirit in all that we do. Doing what we're called to do and just letting go and letting you do the rest. Hallelujah. That we keep things simple. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>